Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-host is Victoria Monday. And down in the chat room, Alina moderating the chat, our new chat moderator. Thank you again, Alina. We have a fantastic guest with us this evening, psychic medium Matthew Stapley. He's, a, he's located in Ottawa, Canada. First found his gift at, the young, at a young age, and since then has helped thousands of people worldwide with connecting to their loved ones and spirit guides. Matthew is the Passover 2 television series, which aired in Ottawa between 2012-2013, uh, and a popular media guest and public speaker who tries to help others shift their perspective on life's hardship through self-discovery, faith, self-love, and compassion. He also has a fantastic workshop coming up this weekend with our good friend Johnny Enoch called Psychic Awakenings. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hi. Yeah, ab Hi. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, this was a great connection. We, we met through, uh, like we already said, our good friend Johnny Enoch. And you know, I've been checking out your work and uh, you know, saw a live stream that you did on, on Facebook the other day, which I thought was you know, absolutely fantastic. And your approach you. is, uh, is, is very compassionate. And you know, I was always like, man, this is a super sweet guy. So you know, I, I've noticed you know, in, in my years being uh, in this field and doing this research that each psychic medium is a little bit different. Their approach is a little different. So uh, you know, tell us about yourself, Matthew. Well, I like long walks on the beach. And <laughs> <laughs> just um, so, you know, you are very right, Mike. Everybody's approach is different to like any job, but in this work as well, everyone's approach is different. And my approach is that I just want to bring things through that will help people, whether that's from their loved ones who passed or their spirit guides or angels or, you know, their higher self, whatever I can do to help people. And um, when I'm when I'm working with people, my main focus is just to get them moving forward, whether it's by healing grief or bringing in information about the, the future or things that they can, you know, do to let go of what, what's been holding them back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all go in with similar intentions, but maybe our delivery is a little bit different. And, and that varies from medium to medium or healer to healer, or, you know, baker to baker, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, certainly. And, um, you know, I you know, just kind of reading up on you a little bit, you, you do a lot of, um, it seems like you do a lot of healing and, you know, that to me, again, you know, people's approaches are a little bit different. So when I guess when you start a, a session with somebody and, and they're looking for you know healing, how how do you approach that from you know the perspective of a psychic? Because that's is is very personal uh, to a person you know when they're yeah. looking for something like that. So my my approach really is just streamlined with my intention, right? Which is to, well, the idea is that, you know, spirit, the universe, divinity, they know what this person needs in order to move forward on their path. I don't know. Probably they don't know if they're coming to see me. So, you know, that's really the focus. And what happens after that is so different from session to session, because some people really need to wrap up loose ends with somebody who's passed away. Some people need to understand their experiences. And sometimes it's really things like self-acceptance or bringing somebody into a place where they can see themselves in what I call the cosmic mirror, you know, the, the great reflection, which is always very balanced and it's always healthy. And so walking through somebody through that, uh, approaching the mirror, looking at themselves for who they are and allowing them to, to see themselves without the judgment they walked in my door with is sometimes very healing in itself. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of tools that spirit will use, um, to bring healing to people and a 
lot of it in in my experience is about accepting things whether it be the past or themselves or their own fears of of the future and their mortality whatever it happens to be and ultimately while that's all happening they're learning about how supported and guided and loved they are by the universe and so you know that's really what it looks like and and it's so individual that i can't even say that this is what usually happens because <laughs> it's different for everybody right exactly yeah very very different for for everyone um but you also work a lot with uh spirit guides from from my understanding and you know to me you know, trying to, because I'm, I'm a person who's always trying to, you know, dig deep and, and try to find out more about the universe. What, where, where does spirit guys really come into play in this whole cosmic idea of, of the universe? What, you know, how, you know, I, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what, you know, what's the hierarchy of, you know, where do they fit in, you know, because they, they're here, they're kind of, again, you know, just the name spirit guys are trying to guide us a little bit, you know, how, how do they fit into this grand scheme of everything? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I guess an easy explanation would be that everybody in the world and uh, has at least two spirit guides. And it's common belief among different spiritual tr traditions that our guides were people that were that had walked on Earth at one time and have come back to guide individuals through their life journey. Um, the other the other thing that's commonly accepted is that there's a soul agreement between the person that is to be guided and the guides that are guiding them. Um, now, there's also other schools of thought, like they're just aspects of our higher self. Um, you know, they're they're looking um, down on us from our sort of soul ascended self um, or what have you. But I think the commonality among all these traditions really is that they are beings with superior knowledge and a bird's eye view who will help us to learn whatever we are meant to learn from the experiences that we choose to have on earth. And that's probably the simplest definition that I could come up with in the moment for what a spirit guide is. Do we all gotcha. have our own individual spirit guides or would like a collective soul family share a spirit guide or, or many of them? Or... I think I think that's a really good question. I think we have our individual spirit guides personally. I think that there are things like angels and archangels as well that might guide an entire experience, whether it be familial or um, societal. You know, we've had so many changes in the last year, for example. I'm sure there's oh, yeah. some some big players working at a higher vibrational level to guide us through this process of transformation that humanity has been experiencing in the last year. Um, so yeah, you know, I think, I think it's yes, maybe to all of it. Um, but I think that generally we each have individual guides for sure. That, that's something that I've observed. Oh, cool. Um, did you ever have an, I'm sorry, an aha moment where you just finally knew, oh, okay, well, this is my spirit guide and I'm not just imagining all this. I mean, what, what, what yeah, set you on this path. Well, that's kind of an interesting question. So, so I was doing this work way before I figured out about my spirit guides. To be honest, like I've been doing readings professionally since I was seventeen. Um, my spirit guides showed up in my twenties, and it wasn't really an aha moment so much as like this realization that the person that's been helping me to help other people um, showed themselves to me, you know, and um, it was it was honestly kind of not that eventful. I mean, totally oh, honest. Oh. I wish I had a big story for you, but I don't. Um, yeah. Next time. <laughs> next time. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll go and ask them to give me a cool experience for next there you time. Go. For sure. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So, you know, we 
we talked a little bit about healing earlier on. We're talking about spirit guides now. Mm-hmm. When you're doing a, uh, you know, trying to work with somebody on healing, is mm-hmm. is there a point in which the spirit guides can actually come in and interact and maybe even help guide in that healer? Or are these like two separate things? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's exactly what they're doing the whole time. Um, you know, I, I I like, do they come and take me over and I you know talk in tongues? No, uh, definitely not. But <laughs> but have there been moments where I felt the need just to hold space and anchor a healing vibration so that somebody's guides could come in and like mechanic them, <laughs> you know, into a better space? Absolutely, that's happened many times. I think, um, you know, as mediums, like. I believe that mediums are healers first and foremost, and the way that we heal is verbally. But even though we're giving a reading and that's verbal and it's auditory, there's still elements of energetic healing going directly from spirit to the person receiving the reading. At least that's always my intention. And I know that it's probably the intention of many mediums. Um, But, you know, I think, yeah, I think it's multidisciplinary approach for sure. Let me uh, let me also ask you this because I like to get people's opinions on this. Sure. Uh, Edgar Casey seemed to be somebody who, who performed healings very differently than so many other people. What do you think he was actually tapping into there? I think he was tapping into just a higher consciousness. If you look at the way that our universe is sort of structured, right? We're in the third dimensional space, third density. Then we have the fourth density, which is the astral plane and fifth density, which is considered spirit. Honestly, I think the fifth dimension is more like in a movie where there's a prison visitation scene and there's like the wall of glass and the phones. That to me is more the fifth dimension. I think the higher up you go, the more oneness everything has right the higher you go the less separation of consciousness there is and i think that when you get up into those higher realms the lesson that somebody must learn and the wisdom that comes from it and the experience are all they all become one they all fit together um i think he was tapping into that realm of vibration because it's the only thing that could that could really create a spontaneous healing where whatever the person is meant to learn from whatever they need healing from is, is integrated so immediately that it ends the need for illness or a pathology of some kind. I would say he must've been tapping into something pretty far up there. Definitely past prison block a, that is for (laughs) sure. (laughs) Was he tapping into the Akashic records maybe, or. I mean, I think that's probably part of it. I don't know that he would have been consciously doing it because, in his work there wasn't a lot of like life lesson stuff at least in what i've read i could be wrong about that um i think the akashic records is sort of an adjacent to those higher higher realms right i actually would say the akashic records would probably honestly um in some level be almost a little bit closer to the third dimension because it contains things at a very separate experiential level um and the higher up we go the less of that there is we become more one with divinity and, and source or, or God or whatever you choose to call it. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say, I'm sure that was part of it. Was he conscious of it? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, in your work, do you tap into the Akashic records yourself? I, I hate reading Mike. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I'd be in there all day. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I personally, for me, I don't think so. Um, I think that maybe the spirit guides, are doing that. I, I, I think that they are. Um, 
I do know that there are people who can read the Akashic Records. I think it's super cool. Um, and, and it's never been something that I felt like really venturing into because I've never, I never needed to. I've always felt like whatever is meant to be known in the moment will show up. Yeah, see, and that's something I find so fascinating is that everybody's a little different work. Like you were saying, there are some, there are people who do tap into yeah. the Akashic records and, you know, you, you're perfectly fine without having to do that. So to yeah. me, that's fascinating. Well, I feel like why would I go and read every book in the library when there's an amazing <laughs> librarian who I can be like, I need this, this information, and then they go and get it. I mean, uh, it, maybe it's lazy, but I, I think that part of it for me is also just trusting that whatever is supposed to come through is going to come through. And I feel like if I start trying to find information intentionally, then I might not be doing the best service to that client or that person that I'm trying to help. Because um, if I'm projecting what I think they need to look at in their Akashic records, might not be that useful for them. That may be what I think they need, but not what they actually need. Actually, that makes sense. That makes sense. So tell us about Psychic Awakenings, this event that you have going on with uh, Johnny Enoch this weekend. I am so excited about it. Me and Johnny have known each other forever. Um, you know, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a cool combination of both of our knowledge bases. I'm very um, skilled. I'm very skilled. That sounded way more full of myself than what I meant it to. I have experience with training people in developing, developing their psychic ability, mediumship abilities, and, and healing abilities and things like that. Um, Johnny is phenomenal with his knowledge base on pretty much everything. I don't think that I've, I don't think I've ever heard him talk about anything that he didn't know all of it. So, you know, as much as a person could know. So I think it's going to be a very cool, um, you know, bringing together of our individual skills. So there's going to be elements of this that are very theoretical. And he's going to be talking about consciousness and quantum physics and things like that and, and sacred sites and, and the way the energy moves through the world. Um, I'm going to be focusing on taking some of that information and making it sort of actionable to people so that they, they can have experiences based on that theory. Um, and so they're going to learn how to open up, how to sense their energy, how to sense the energy of the world around them. And I'm also going to make sure that there's parts in that for empathic or energetically sensitive people, because I know that right now in the last year, they're freaking out. So, you know, I think it'll be good for them to learn how to disconnect a little bit from some of that intensity. So it's going to be a very well-rounded workshop, I think. Very cool. So are you a natural psychic or have you like had some ability and then trained yourself or got training somewhere or has this run into your family or? So when I was 12, the CIA kidnapped me. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> I'm joking. It is, it's a natural ability. Yeah. Um, I was born with it. My grandfather was mediumistic as well. Um, one of my cousins can, you know, perceive things. And for me, it sort of started just with a kind of a, a freak experience. That's the first one that I remember. That was, that was an aha moment for okay. sure. Um, <laughs> My family told me that it started way before that, but my first real memory of it was about eight years old. Um, and then as a teenager, I started to see colors around people. And then I started using tarot cards and it just took right off. <laughs> They're the gateway, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then a car accident yeah. later and I didn't even oh, no. use the cards anymore. So. <laughs> Ooh, I was in a car accident too. That's fun. Yeah. They don't they suck? They're oh so, yeah. One out of five. One out of five stars. I do not recommend yeah, it. No, it, I went no. through the windshield. No, that was. Oh no, that's. I'm glad you're still here, Victoria. Oh, thank you. 
Yeah. So <laughs> you, you mentioned, uh, you know, seeing color. So like mm-hmm. auras, and this is something that actually my girlfriend, uh, Nicole Guillaume, who's uh, also a psychic medium and I were talking about the other day where, you know, that's, you know, she does a lot of wonderful, amazing things, but you know, auras is not really one of those. So, um, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about how, you know, seeing the colors and auras work sure. again, you know, how psychic mediums are, are, are different here? Yeah, absolutely. I have to tell you before we go one step further, my friend Tammy is the biggest fan of your, uh, of Nicole ever, like, ever all of her stuff yeah like (laughs) when i told her i had this interview she's like wait a second he's he's with nicole i watch nicole all the time oh my god this is so exciting and i was like cool um so i just had to tell you that so that you could tell her how amazing she is um that's awesome she's in the chat so (laughs) there you go perfect perfect yeah huge fan huge fan um all right so with aura reading so auras are just a diffusion of energy off the body and it's interesting with the interpretation of color because everybody will see them slightly differently. And the best example I can give you is in a development class years ago, I was teaching or, you know, people how to view or perceive that energy in a color based way. And one person was sort of being the sitter and they were letting people practicing their colors. And, and one person got up and said, Oh my gosh, there's all this, you know, black and Brown around you. And that's anxiety and it's stress. And it, you know, they were pulled, you know, picking up where it was in their body and things like that. Well, somebody was late to the class. And when she came in, I said, would you like to try it? And I coached her a little bit in aura reading. And she said, oh, my gosh, there's this pink in your shoulders and there's this pink around you and it's anxiety and it's stress. And so it was a really interesting example of how people will interpret. They will see different colors based on how they would interpret those colors. And so if we look at psychic information in general, all it is is energy in the form of information. And it uses our reference points within ourselves in order to kind of create a picture of whatever the message is and so everyone will see them differently it's clairvoyant so it's not like physically seeing them with your eyes it's much more in the mind's eye Um, but people can get very specific about it and it's one of my favorite things to teach people how to do because you can even look through the various layers of somebody's energy field in the past present future things in their physical body their mental body their emotional body it's pretty it can get pretty in depth it's pretty neat Wow. Well, that's really interesting. <laughs> so if you're able to see, if you're able to see, uh, you know, the past a bit there mm-hmm. with the different colors, that, okay, that's interesting. Cause I, I didn't know that one before. Yeah. Um, okay. There's an I- idea out there that there are gem- genetic markers, uh, DNA sequences mm-hmm. that are passed down from generation to generation that we may actually, you know, within us have, you know, like some of our parents or grandparents' memories and things like that. Would mm-hmm. you be able to pick up something like that with the aura reading? Oh, I think you totally could. Absolutely. I mean, really, it's with when it comes to any kind of psychic work, you know, whether it's what we were talking about earlier with the Akashic Records or whether it's things like auras or, or you know, ancestral healing stuff like what you're mentioning, it's really about knowing how to put on a different pair of glasses or a different lens to look at the aura through. So if I wanted to look at somebody's ancestral records for lack of a better word or their their ancestral trauma even if you want to call it that i would be putting on a different pair of glasses and if i want to look at you know what's wrong in their abdomen um to help them figure out what a doctor hasn't been able to help them with um and so 
yeah, it's really just about our focus and it's about kind of uploading into our brain the reference framework that we need in order to see it. Um, and that's something that you learn in development um, or, or just by practicing. For me, it came naturally, but I know that you can learn it. Um, so yeah, it's just about putting on different kinds of glasses, really, and knowing how to adjust your vibration into those, those different realms of consciousness. But by changing your vibration, that changes your aura too, right? So like if you walk into a room and you're really pissed, you could be all dark and gray and then see a butterfly and like, oh, yeah, I'm yellow or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, auras change. Like I've seen auras change in the first few minutes of somebody sitting in front of me. Um, I've seen auras change over long periods of time. And what I've identified in the aura is areas of cons of consistency, of constants. For example, somebody's life purpose, uh, when that's you know visible in their aura, it does not change um the other things that will change will be often closer to them so if they're going through an emotional experience i might see colors coming off of their heart that i would interpret depending on where over the heart it is and how translucent or solid or murky or clear it is it will also tell me different things about that experience whether it's something that they actually had happened a long time ago that they haven't let go of or whether it's something that is you know fresh that that afternoon um yeah, it's, it's, it can get very in-depth and it's always changing. Okay, so how would an aura tell you what the life purpose is? So it, it shows up, right? Because the aura is a diffusion of energy off the body and right. our, our body and our mind and our heart and our spirit and our soul and all of that stuff, our life purpose is encoded into all of that. Because at the end of the day, spirit has always told me people's life purpose is energetic. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if they work at McDonald's or they're president of the universe, doesn't matter. Their life purpose is energetic. And so whatever they choose to do with their life path, um, their energy um, diffuses their purpose in a sense, you know, and so, yes, it would be showing up in the aura because it's so in, in, uh, intrinsic in who we are as people. But would a, uh, like an aura of a doctor be different from an aura of a dog catcher? I mean, are it, they different colors? Do they show up in different places? Or possi Possibly. Um, let's give an example. We'll work with your example. So if the doctor is truly a healer by mm -hmm. purpose and the um, dog catcher is perfect uh, is also a healer by purpose there would be similarities in their org fields for sure now if the doctor who's supposed to be a healer if their purpose was more to be like a mirror or somebody who shows people what they need to shift within themselves so it's still healing but in a different way um and the dog catcher did not have that as part of their purpose then they would show up as different auras different oh, purposes so cool. in their aura yeah cool. yeah it's neat eh i've never heard of that but that's really cool <laughs> I mean, Hmm. So we have a, uh, a number of questions coming in from the sure. chat room that are pertinent to this topic. So I do want to get right, to a couple let's of do those. It. Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So this one is from Sarah Youssef. If people have their own interpretations of color, where does that place shadow people? Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good question. Throw me the definition of shadow people that you would like me to work with because <laughs> only because I know that Mike is an extensive book on shadow people, but I also know that there's different definitions of, of shadow people. So yeah. And that in itself is, is a, uh, yeah. Victoria's holding up the book. You know, that itself is it. a great question. Aria. <laughs> well, yeah, that you told me that before the show. Um, yeah, shadow people in and of themselves. I mean, there's a lot of different varieties of shadow people. So, you know, a lot of them are human spirits that can't fully manifest as an apparition, only come off as a shadow. Some are interdimensional beings traveling here from some other plane of existence. Some may be extraterrestrials, some may be time travelers. So 
Um, Matthew, I hate, I hate to say this, but there's a lot of different type of shadow people. I know, ex exactly. So, all right, we're, I just wanted to go with what, because she's a like a listener of your show, I figured right, if we right, get right. your definition, then then that will be likely her definition and understanding as well. So, Good thinking. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, so what was sorry? What was the question again? Um, um, we'll put it back up here. So uh, if people have if okay, people have gone to color. Where does that play shadow people? Yeah, got it. Okay, so um, we're looking at a different thing other than an aura, right? So with shadow people, they're not exactly here like we are. Um, they also, I think, in a sense, are not fully manifested. So an aura is something that is fully manifested. When we look at what darkness is or what shadow is, it's something that's yet to come to consciousness. It's yet to come to full awareness or full actualization. And so I think until it does, um, it would kind of show up as a void. That would be my my best guess. And that is truly just a guess. I, there may be somebody better to answer that than me, but I would say they're they're not fully actualized they haven't fully come to consciousness at a third dimensional or even necessarily fourth dimensional level and so they will show up as a void so when you Fair connect enough. with someone who's crossed over like if you're doing a reading for someone mm -hmm. and you you con contact with you know nana or somebody would she have an aura or give off some sort of color also yeah, d ab absolutely. I see spirits as color. I actually never see what they look like, almost never. Um, oh, yeah, and and so they will show me whatever color they need to show me to bring the message through. So, for example, if they were somebody who was like an a, a, an angry jerk, you know, all the time, <laughs> they would show me colors that would present that. Because at the end of the day, with mediumship, at least evidential mediumship, is I need to bring through things about who that person was on Earth and details about their life that I couldn't possibly know know um so that that sitter can say yes that is you know uncle bob or grandma joe or, or whoever um and um so they will show me what they need to show me for me to be able to express who they were on earth um so that the person can validate who they are after that the colors kind of fade and the rest of it is just you know claircognizant clairaudient clairvoyant messages um yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> We have another interesting question here. This is from Fuzzy What. Can energy auras look white or do you always see in different colors? I always see them in different colors, but I think, you know, I think it depends again on, on the person. Um, for me, when I see white in an aura, that's a, that's a high vibrational color. That's a connection with spirit. That's somebody who's also a medium. It always shows up around mediums for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it really depends on the person that's viewing it. Can they be white? Of course. Are they always white for me? No, definitely not. I usually see between five and 20 colors in an aura for somebody. Yeah. Can you tell what color Mike's aura is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a really cool aura. There's actually a lot of electric blue in his aura. And to me that just, it's just about what he does. I mean, it's major communication, but blue always has an element of healing with it. It always has an element of bringing things to somebody's awareness. So I'm not really surprised that he's an author and you know, this, this awesome <laughs> host. Um, the other thing that's interesting in his aura is he's got a lot of brightness over his solar plexus. So can I, by the way, Mike, are you comfortable with this? I didn't even ask. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm totally fine. I'm like totally such fine. a bad medium. Oh my God. I'm doing exactly what I tell people never to do. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of energy brewing over your solar plexus, which is really positive. So you're actually about to get a major life breakthrough. Um, and it's going to show up, I would say, based on what I can see around the month of May. And I'm going to go with around the 5th, 6th, 7th of May. So in that time frame, you're going to have some major work stuff moving forward for you. And I think part of it will come from within you 
as an idea, but also it will be met with opportunities over the summer. It looks really good. I mean, that's a very, very super basic aura reading, but it looks good. I wrote oh, that fantastic. one down. I'll I remind you. Sorry, <laughs> oh, um, one one last thing. I also, just yeah. in the corner of your aura, I can see uh, red, which is anxiety, but it isn't yours. You're picking this up from somebody that is connected to you. And I feel like this is a female energy who's alive on earth. And I feel like she's very empathic. She's got a huge heart. She's very loving. And in December, I can feel that she had some issues with her own life purpose. Like not, like she knows what she's here for, but she didn't really know what to do with it anymore. And there was this moment of internal crisis, but now I feel like it's settled out so you're actually transmuting some of this anxiety for her mm. uh which is really cool yeah so you've got some healing elements in there yeah wow okay <laughs> well thank you for that uh, l- let me ask you this because i've i've done the uh the aura photographs before do, mm-hmm. do you believe that those actually work yeah you know i think they do i think that they're not really the best vision of an aura i mean krillian photography has been around forever and basically it, you know it, it's biofeedback especially the the ones now especially their biofeedback um do i think that it's you know i don't think it's specific enough but i'm a stickler for detail so um yeah i mean do i think it's accurate I, yes i i do but do i think that it could be you know cooler somehow like in the future i hope so Okay, no, it's it's. I just had to ask because um, one of them that I had done some years ago actually did have the blue in there. So oh, cool, kind of interesting. That is cool. Um, we had a couple other questions in here, so let me try to grab those. Unless Victoria, you have something offhand. Usually, I do. <laughs> you do. You usually have a ton of questions, okay. and I'm just kind of sitting back. Well, you know, being polite, trying. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the um, the awakening, moving from the 3 to 5D? Because um, I try very hard to live in the 5D, but sometimes those people just pull me back down. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> You've opened a can of worms, Victoria. I were, Here goes the rest of the interview right now. I'm just kidding. I'm home, um, so go ahead. So... <laughs> so Here's the thing. So, yes, we are ascending as a humanity, as a world, as a universe, all that. But that's not new. I mean, we're constantly working up this spiral of ascension. And, you know, we are for sure right now in this moment, we are in a time where it's kicked up a notch. And if you look back, you know, every hundred and hundred to 120 years, major things happen in the earth plane. Everything falls apart. There's an element of reconstruction, rebuilding, and it always is just a little bit better every time. That's examples of, of mass ascension that has happened throughout history. Um, I think that you know, the idea, are we ever going to shed our bodies and be floating light beings? No. Um, moving for higher into higher vibration means that we embrace deeper values like love and compassion and kindness and togetherness. Um, and things like ego control and manipulation and all that begin to fall off. In that process, there's an ego death period. And that happens both individually, but also at a global level. And an ego death comes in the moment where the person or the society is struggling to grasp for control um, at a maximum way at a maximum level because they're 
the fear of change is so profoundly strong. Um, we have seen that happening over the last year, you know, politically, socially, health-wise, all of that along the planet. Now, do I think that's going to lead us into a place of, of you know, shedding our physical bodies as a mass um, con as a mass group of people? No, I don't think so. I think what we can hope for with this ascension process is that we just become more loving and a more accepting and well-rounded society. Um, that's probably not as exciting, but that's that's what I see. No. That's what I believe will happen. You, you yeah. know, honestly, I love that explanation because um, it, it not knocking on anybody specifically, but I've seen so much out on the uh, Internet in the last several months of, um, you know, everybody talking about, you know, I'm, I'm 5D ascending, I'm woke, I'm this. And it's like almost they're taking an air about themselves. I'm becoming this like super floaty person yeah like uh, uh totally and and that's the part that that freaks me out about it you know it's the same when somebody says oh i don't talk to to them they're low vibrational i'm like okay but really <laughs> like what is this di you know division about because that's not particularly high vibrational in my mind um you know and i i think i think that people on a spiritual path um, are always looking, you know, forward, upward, and trying to sim simultaneously trying to stay in the moment because mindfulness is the other big spiritual thing, right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's a challenge um, to navigate all of these things. And and even though I'm kind of joking about it, I'm truly not judging anybody for their beliefs. But yeah, anything that creates a sense of division or hierarchies among people, those are the things that are going to fall off. But in order for them to fall off, they have to surface. And so we're going to see over the next year or two or even three years, a lot of people hit that sort of mindset of, oh, I'm, you know, woke or I'm ascending or I'm whatever. Um, that's part of their falling and breaking process. Um, and that's that's just a necessary part of who they are. When we can fully surrender, we are not going to see differences between us and the low vibrational person or us and the person who doesn't do yoga and doesn't smell like kale or whatever. You know, we're, <laughs> we're not going to see those differences when we truly surrender that ego at the height of that ego death, um, then we just see things for what they are. And actually we become more accepting of other people in a very beautiful way. Um, so yeah, I think that this <laughs> might be the calm before the storm in those, those cases. Or the eye of the hurricane. Or the eye of the hurricane. I like <laughs> yeah. that even better. Yeah. Yeah. Down here in the South. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of being awoke, I mean, if you want to call it that about, uh, 2016, so whatever, do the math. I have a fine arts degree, I don't do math. Um, <laughs> however many years ago that was, I woke up. And, and people now are, I'm awake, I'm awake, like you said. you know. But when I woke up, I was just like, oh, okay, I need more kind and loving and, you know, hey, little kitty, come on, you want to come live with me? Yeah. Um, that's why we have so many cats now. Um, yeah. but, I want to come, come visit you. That sounds amazing. Oh my God. It's, I'm not kidding. I was telling Mike a couple of weeks ago, I opened the door and they come running up, you know, That's like, beautiful. Oh. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> but, um, now I forgot my question. Oh no. <laughs> it was 2016. You started collecting cats and you didn't have the woke feeling. I think that's where you yeah, were I woke up. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's what it was. Um, I'll come back to it, circle around. Um, and I didn't hear about this term called light worker until a couple of years ago. Um, and I was like, hey, that's really what it is, is because you're going around and you're like, hey, you know, 
there'll be some negative, you know, okay, yeah, we may not have a job next week, but you know, look at today, today you had a damn good sandwich for lunch. Yeah. So just be happy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an incredibly beautiful thing. And I think the kind of awakening you're talking about, you know, I think true awakenings, like there are, there is an element where it's this, you know, mind blowing earth shattering thing in moments, but it, but the overarching, you know, aspect of an awakening really is more subtle. And it's exactly what you're talking mm -hmm. about. It's a awakening of the high your heart we we have our heart shocker which is our emotions and our you know right. empathy and all that we they all, we also have a higher heart which is our path of service it's our ability to see the us exactly. within other people and or or animals or cats in your case um and, and so yeah I, I mean i think i think it's beautiful i, I think that's exactly what awakening looks like yeah it's I amazing have, I, have, I have so many friends now running around i'm awake i'm awake i'm an empath i'm like yeah well what you doing with it you know <laughs> yeah, and they they very well might be all of those things, but yeah, you know, I think are. yeah, but I think it you are right. Like part of awakening is being called a service in some way, even if it's not in a super official way. It may just be that you begin holding the door for people when you didn't before, or whatever. All of those things are service, um, yeah. and and the purpose of service is to raise vibration, to raise consciousness. All that means is is bringing people into the moment of awareness and that that moment has love within it. That's all service really truly is, if you think about right. it. Um, and, and bringing them into alignment with what they need because they will always get what they need. What they want may be different, but when you can bring what you want and what you need into alignment with each other, you have a very abundant life because you don't want oh, for yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, and I think service is bringing those kinds of concepts into the world and all of those things heal individually, but also at a, at a humanity level. Yeah, I had a friend who, um, she lost a dog today and she lost another one about two oh. months ago. I'm like, who's reaching out to her, you know? Yeah, well, Ooh. I think, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, did uh, you? I did. I said, you know, Good. Rob, Rob Gutro wrote a book. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, right. You told me that you yeah. referred her to Rob. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. And it's more than just, hey, a dog died. This yeah. is part of your family. This is your oh. soul connection. Yeah. I wrote a post today on Facebook, on my Facebook page, talking oh. about just that, um, <laughs> specifically like grieving with animals, because, you know, I, I asked Spirit once, you know, why, why certain people or why many people, I shouldn't say certain people, why many people grieve the loss of their pets so profoundly. And Spirit told me, well, think about it. They said, Matthew, listen, um, you have to learn to communicate with animals in a completely different way. You touch your animals more than you touch people. They are there for you unconditionally without judgment you know no matter what crappy decision you made at work or how who broke your heart or whatever they're there mm -hmm. and so it it makes sense to me we have to work in a sense differently with animals but it's in a much more flowing free-flowing way and so when that you know disappears from the earth plane i mean that would rock anybody there are rock on earth oh yeah it's like get out of the middle of my bed scoot over yeah totally it's beautiful <laughs> though i love animals yeah <laughs> Um, do you think one more question? I'll end. Sure. Um, do you think animals could be part of your soul tribe? Because I totally. felt really, really connected to certain dogs. I mean, more yeah. so than people I was married to. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I totally think so. I mean, if you think about like what what are, when we talk about a soul tribe, we're talking about, a, you know, obviously a group of souls that come together for a common purpose, whether that purpose mm -hmm. is to all do one thing or whether it's to support each other in, in doing whatever we're meant to do. Um 
Yeah, so absolutely. I believe if somebody's, you know, only thing that they love in the whole world is a potted cactus, then that's part of their soul tribe. If that supports them in, in living their purpose, that's part of their that soul connection. Um, so absolutely, of course they are. Yeah, because I now that I think about it, I kept the dog longer than the husband. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, so I felt like I really missed him. Thing, you know? anyway. Sounds like an awesome dog. <laughs> pug you know oh god they're so cute i love pugs yeah yeah, yeah they're amazing <laughs> not my dog we grab another question here from the chat uh this is from sarah yusuf does a person have to have a deep understanding of emotion in order to sympathetically connect to spirit or higher vibrations i don't think so no because you know, when we think of things like love and, and all of those higher consciousness things, love, compassion, all of that, um, you know, we, we pro most people process those as an emotional thing, but they don't have to be. Um, I'll give you an example. I'm not particularly empathetic as a person, but I'm very sympathetic. Empathetic is more of the heart. Sympathetic is often of the mind. Um, and so I may not be able to tell that you feel what somebody's going through if I'm putting myself in the, their shoes, but I can feel how or think about how terrible that must be. And I can still connect to spirit. So do you have to be super emotionally aware? No. Um, if you're, you know, somebody who's a little bit on the colder side, you can still connect. It's just going to be in a different way. The main thing is that the intention is love, whether that's love that you think about or love that you feel, um, or love that you just know all of that, all of those things are valid. So you don't have to be super emotional as a person in order to build that connection. You just have to be centered within the idea of compassion. So would a colder person have, um, the spirit cactus in their soul tribe? I mean, I, I, I have like a, it's not a cactus, but it's like a rosemary plant, like over oh, there. They're awesome. Rosemary, <laughs> yeah. they're good. They keep the away. They're so beautiful too. Oh, um, yeah. Now, you know, I, I don't necessarily think so. Like, for example, I, I, I can be a little bit distant and cold and, you know, the one on my phone at the bar. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm also surrounded by, you know, amazingly loving people. Like my partner is one of the kindest, most romantic people on the planet. Somehow we work, somehow we work. I don't know how, but we do, um, you know, and, and so, you know, I don't think that I would only have a cactus, even though I can be a little bit distant and weird. Um, I think that we're brought whatever complements us within our path as well, whatever um, can augment our our vibration in a sense. I saw your Instagram where you were doing the cookie dough. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> the uh, the the ghost <laughs> thing. That have was you seen it, Mike? that was so funny. Oh, Mike, you need to check. Out this <laughs> well, we are. We I'll are have making, to check out the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. We were making cookies and then we were like, oh, let's do this and make people laugh. <laughs> we're like like the movie ghost. Making, <laughs> making. Oh, OK. So <laughs> in, instead of the clay, it was cookies. Cookie yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cute. It was awesome. I loved that. It was funny. <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? Oh, cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're that's not supposed really to talk cute. about cookies. You know, trademark. Oh. Oh, geez. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to, uh, you know, bring us back a little bit to Psychic Awakenings, because that is sure. your event that you have coming up uh, this weekend with uh, with Johnny. And actually, I do have the uh, the poster here so mm. that people can uh, check that out. 
So Psychic, Psychic Awakening is a Zoom workshop, and the link is right there. And also, uh, we do have it down in the description of the YouTube video here. And I know Alina and Nicole were posting that in the chat as well. So um, so let me, let me ask you this, uh, Matthew. Uh, you know, given you know, the, the premise of, of this, and you're working with a guy like Johnny, uh, do you... Uh, do you yourself go out to like some of these different ancient sites of power and like tap into the earth energy and, and you know try to use that for, either for you know healing purposes or maybe you know tap into you know other states of consciousness you know how do you work with with that type of energy yeah um no so <laughs> no okay <laughs> quick, quick <laughs> but, but I, I will i will amend like put a, a, an addendum on that um I do work with sacred sites, but not necessarily the big ones. Um, okay. I, I I find those things like literally everywhere. Like I, I, there's a place down the street from where I live, and it's just like this creepy looking basketball court surrounded by trees, and the, there's like broken things there. Anyway, uh, from the outside, <laughs> it looks absolutely bizarre, and like you just don't want to go there. You're not sure if you're coming back, kind of thing. Um, but one day, I decided to walk in there. I just thought why not and i walked in there and i realized the energy was so phenomenal like because nobody goes there it was so phenomenal and i could feel this you know vortex like energy there and it was beautiful and so i i prefer like you know like the small town sacred sites that no one necessarily knows about just finding those you know natural currents within our um everyday life that's honestly more my focus but i think that that the the big sacred sites are amazing um i've just never been super drawn to them myself but i also don't like traveling so that might be why <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough it? fair enough but go ahead Oh, couldn't you find a sacred site anywhere? Like when we go to the beach or when I go to the beach um, and just sit there and listen to the ocean coming back and forth. One time I was there and I closed my eyes and I just had this feeling somebody was looking at me. And when I opened my eyes, I was surrounded by seagulls and we were all pointing the same direction. <laughs> See, but, <laughs> that, like you're speaking my language. Like that's what I look for. Come so yeah, <laughs> like uh, like a hundred percent. I mean, I think that what, what defines sacred and is it something truly global um, or is it something truly personal? I think it's both. Um, so like you, Victoria, I would much rather go have an experience at the, the beach with some seagulls than I would to go to the great pyramids personally, um, personally, <laughs> oh, <I know. laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think it really depends on what our view of sacred is. If sacred is those beautiful synchronicities um, that happen in everyday life, then that may be more profound to somebody like, like me than going to see, you know, like an ancient historical site. Um, other people might be more drawn to the ancient historical site. And there isn't one that's better than the other. I don't think they're just different. Yeah. Yeah. I think a, a lot of times with those, you know, ancient historic sites, they were, you know, you know, trying to tap into that energy that was totally. there and kind of make it like yeah. a, you know, bigger, more grand scale. So taking, yeah. you know, that moment with the seagulls, but amplifying it on, you know, such a, uh, a bigger scale. I think that's what they were trying to do. But I think yeah. Yeah, there are certainly, you know, plenty of people that would prefer the smaller setting. Yeah, to totally. And, you know, it's interesting because those sites are built a lot of the time over giant vortexes mm -hmm. of energy. But the thing that I've noticed about vortexes, because it's something that I've looked at a lot over the years, um, is that vortexes change they can move. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure the reason the sacred sites are built on those vortexes is because they've been there forever. But um, I've seen vortexes pop 
in and out of different locations as well. And what I understand vortexes to be in my own personal research of them um, is that they're just vent systems for the earth. I mean, they, they, open and close sometimes they'll be there for a minute sometimes for thousands of years um, but they're just a, a way of energy shifting from one part of the earth to the other if um people yeah it, like sorry. i'm sorry uh, if people were like say they go to the pyramids mike or something would they not also be bringing their energy there and contributing to the vortex mm -hmm. the energy field yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you bring your own energy in there. You bring your own resonance. And, you know, I've, I've heard all kinds of interesting stories about, you know, being in, in a place like the pyramids. And, um, you know, we had Freddie Silva on before. And uh, Matthew, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Freddie, but um, he had a, a group inside the pyramid one time. And uh, they had a moment there where I guess the, the power went out to the lights. Oh, and cool. <laughs> they, you know, in a circle were, you know, putting forth their energy. And as they were doing this, the light beams were coming out of the walls, uh, oh, which wow. is really interesting. So they were, you know, using their energy to you know, make this amazing setting and for, you know, other beings to suddenly emerge is just, you know, a phenomenal story. Yeah, and it, it makes sense, right? Because a vortex is a disturbance of energy, but it's often higher a higher vibrational energy, um, and so it actually it actually makes sense. It, it, it's an easier it's a place that allows manifestation to happen a lot more easily. The same would be seen if you were working with like a physical medium, somebody who can produce physical phenomena. Their energy field is capable of allowing things to manifest in it with greater ease in sort of a 3d 4d kind of way um i i think the sacred sites have a very similar energy to that at a much bigger level of course um but yeah it's cool and the other thing with sacred sites is i believe that we can also receive you know adjustments and healing within our own energy field at them because of, of resonance when we align ourselves with something we begin to resonate at a similar frequency to whatever it is that we're aligning ourselves with um and so i could totally see you know why these amazing places have a history of tons of those experiences happening. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I want to grab a couple more questions here from the sure. chat before uh, before we wrap things up because we are getting down toward the end of the show. <laughs> no problem. Um, yeah, yeah, it goes by quick. It, it does. does. <laughs> when are we expanding to two hours? <laughs> okay. Next. You, you know what happened last time. <laughs> so this is from uh, Christine Louvier. How does one know how gifted one is? Like what kind of gift does one have? So um, this is a very good question. So really it's just through exploration. I mean, there isn't really like a test you can take per se to figure it out. I mean, sure there probably is some quizzes or something, but um, it's really through experiencing it. It's really through trying different things um, and, and seeing what you're fluid with and fluent in. Um, I mean, ultimately, for example, with mediumship um, or psychic reading, you want to read somebody you don't know anything about and see how much of it makes sense. Um, I mean, that will tell you whether or not you have an aptitude for it. Um, healing very much the same way, bringing healing to people and things like that. Um, is there a way to really quantify it? Not necessarily um, in one moment. No. Um, over time, you can see through experiencing it that, you know, you have a certain draw to different things. Um, but honestly, the learning is in the doing. I, I really believe a hands-on approach is the best possible way to do that. By the way, Christine's a friend of mine and she's an awesome medium. She oh, cool. Me. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> she doesn't believe me, but <laughs> and what about for the person that they don't believe that they have any gifts that, you mm -hmm. know, they, they, 
find the field fascinating. They look at, you know, things that are supernatural, paranormal mm -hmm. in nature. They look at somebody with psychic abilities and they're sitting there, oh, that's, that's awesome. I wish I could do something like that. But I mean, personally, I believe everybody has a little bit of something yeah, going on. I agree. What do you think, Matthew? I'm in agreement with you, Mike. I think, you know, we're all in constant communication with the universe. Like every cell in our body has that spark of God or that spark of light or the spark of the soul, whatever you want to call it. Every cell within our body has that. And we are in constant communication with the universe. And so the only difference between somebody who is actively bringing information through consciously and somebody who isn't is that the person who's doing it consciously either was born with or has learned to tune into that conversation and that's the only difference and so because we are all consistently and constantly receiving and conversing at a subconscious level um, i believe for that fact alone everybody can learn to do it and it may be easier for some people than others but everybody can learn to do it in some way for sure can i flip the script on that how do you yeah you go ahead Turn oh, it God. Off. When, you, <laughs> when you find out, let me know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I had somebody around me was singing Rosemary Clooney, come on over to my house the other night, and it just would not oh, wow. get out of my head. You know. <laughs> so there's two different ways to look at that. So one, one sort of component, especially with visitations and things like that, or, or messages coming through, is that they're always purpose-based. And until that purpose is realized on some level, it will, it will be persistent. That's one way of looking at it. Now, the other way of looking at it is that we all deserve boundaries within our life with, you know, between us and other people, between us and the spirit world and all of that. And so a lot of that is just assertiveness and, and saying, listen, like nine to five guys, nine to five, that's it. Um, Wait, and does that really and work? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually it, it actually can, does. Yes. You can set, you set boundaries. Totally. I, yeah. that's what I had to do years ago. Yeah. Because I would wake up in the middle of the night and just have shadows and like auras of light, like literally yes. surrounding me all the time. Um, and I had to, to get very assertive and say, listen, you know, I will do my best to help people, but I need my own space. The other thing that I did, uh, because I would get spirits coming up to me random places, even when there was nobody around, like there would mm -hmm. be nobody for me to deliver the message to you in sight. And I would just tell them, listen, I can't go and find your loved ones for you. You need to bring them to me if you want me to help them or go find another medium. But, uh, you know, I can't go looking for these for your loved ones on earth. I'm happy to help them if they come to me, though. And I had a crazy thing happen with that, actually really crazy if you want to hear yes. about it. what happened yeah okay. Let's hear, so you, you brought it up let's hear the story all right super quick story so um i was across the street from an apartment building and there was a shooting in the lobby of that apartment building i immediately saw the spirit uh go in you know go off into the light and he showed right back up in front of me and he said you need to tell my girlfriend this this and this and i said yeah like i can't go find her um i'm happy to help bring her to me almost a year later a girl came into my office i was doing a reading for her i felt an, an energy come forward that i knew was familiar but i couldn't place it he came forward gave all the messages at the end she said he died across the street because it was the apartment building across the street from me um, oh, at the time oh, yeah <laughs> so he did he did bring her oh wow yeah, yeah. do you ever have um like random spirits pop up and say hey just because they know you could hear them yeah, it has happened before. Yeah. And sometimes um, I will write it down and put it on my Facebook page. And usually within a f half an hour, somebody said that's for me. Um, wow. it, it honestly doesn't happen very often. It's so unusual because I have, again, the strong, firm boundaries with the spirit world. Nine to five. Nine to five. <laughs> Nine to five. There you go. This medium is out. You know, yes. <laughs> so no vacancy. Yeah. 
Another question here from the chat room, sir, Yusuf. Does personal resonance lead to gifts and abilities? So, um, I'm, hmm. so if you, so res, all resonance is, is the ability for one plane of consciousness to begin to vibrate similarly to a different plane of consciousness. So the idea of personal resonance, I mean, that can change every four seconds, depending on where your awareness is in your, in, you know, in the world around you. Um, but if you're trying to resonate with higher realms of consciousness, yes, I believe that that will increase gifts and abilities for sure. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Matthew, we're getting down toward the end of the show here. I want to give a little bit of time here for you to talk about, of course, the event this weekend, but sure. also talk about, you know, your work where people can find you, uh, and, and all the, and all the amazing things that you are currently doing. Sure. Um, so workshop this, this weekend, it is Sunday two o'clock. Um, it's going to be really fun. I'm excited to be working with Johnny and we've got some good people signed up for it. Um, and sorry, it's 11 AM to 1 PM in the west coast time 2 p.m in eastern time where i am um and yeah it's 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 going to be a very well-rounded workshop if you're interested in psychic phenomena if you're interested in cool theory of energy and quantum physics and and all that good stuff and you want to learn techniques to develop your abilities um join us i think it's going to be a good time um in terms of what i do um well I do obviously I do readings for people right. um, and, and I, I enjoy the readings for sure. But my, my true passion, honestly, is all the things I do for free. It, it really is. So I do free live readings, you know, on pretty much every Monday night. I do craft and chat night on Fridays where we just talk about pretty much everything under the sun. Some of it's inappropriate humor disclaimer, um, <laughs> but we do fun crafts together and we chat on a Facebook live there. Um, I write posts. I, you know, teach classes and all of that. Um, and really the only thing that I charge for are classes and one-on-one -on -one readings. Uh, but you know, we have a great community happening over on Facebook. Um, truly a piece of my heart. Um, truly a piece of my heart. Those people are phenomenal. And you know, if you are into this sort of weird stuff, you're welcome to join us <laughs> yeah i was checking out some of your videos there on facebook so that's primarily where people can find you is yeah on the uh, on the facebook page for sure and i you know i have a website and i make card decks and sell them and stuff like that but but oh, okay. really if you want to do something cool just come to facebook i mean it's all there anyway <laughs> so in the facebook page is matthew stapley right Matthew Stapley, Psychic Medium, um, or like at sign Canadian Psychic. I also have Instagram, which I use most of the time. And I have uh, TikTok, which Ooh. is really yeah. fun. And I just started playing around with it. Yeah, and I see Nicole's put the, uh, here, we'll put it up on the screen. There you go, facebook.com slash Canadian Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> so, all right. Um, yeah, TikTok is definitely a lot of fun. Uh, I started playing around with that a, a little is. while back, and I was doing like the ghost stories and things like that. Oh, cool! So, yeah, I, I think that you know it's not just the you know kids goofing around. We can use the platform for a lot of other things with with what we're doing too. Uh, absolutely, I should really make mine more serious. Now that I've heard what you're doing, I feel like I'm slacking <laughs> off. I did one that was like if psychics used famous movie lines in their readings. So I think I need to up it to maybe something a little more useful. No, we need <laughs> we need more C share. <laughs> <laughs> and uh here is the link for psychic awakenings thank you alina for uh, thank posting you. that thank you alina yeah 
So yeah, so you have a lot going on. I'm definitely looking forward to the Psychic Awakenings uh, this coming weekend. So people uh, get on that link and, uh, and join Matthew and Johnny for that. That's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I love teaching. You know, it, 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 it's cool because everyone learns so differently. And, you know, we all have our own purpose for being here. Like I said, you can, you can do any job you want, really. Your purpose is energetic. But seeing how that translates into people learning to use their gifts is always something that I find fascinating because it is so different for every person. Um, and, you know, that's one of my favorite things about, about teaching these workshops for sure. Awesome. And there is a comment here from uh, Erica Manalakos. Yes. Matthew's Aww. Oracle decks are amazing. Thanks, Erica. I appreciate that. I have fun making them. I have fun making them. Is that what you do on the craft nights? No, no, oh. I couldn't do that. No, I do like, we made a sock puppet last Friday. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like simple crafts, but it's, I think it's really an excuse to talk, to be honest. But it, it, it is, we have a good time for sure. That sounds fun. That's great. You have to oh, join have us. To check that you out. Have to join yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's super, super nice. BYOB. <laughs> yeah. BYOB, yeah. BYOC, BYOH, humor, I guess. Yeah. Not hookers, humor. Yeah. <laughs> please, please tell me C is not for cat. Please, please. <laughs> craft is what i oh, was thinking craft. okay you can bring your cats i'm super they're, cool with that they're, yeah they're not not my cats <laughs> the ones you borrow they just come i mean yeah you're the cat woman <laughs> they, they live there but they're not hers so go figure that <laughs> no i mean when we lost power last week they were all in my room i'm so allergic to them it was oh just... well they they clearly see your light there's clearly a resonance and what cats symbolize is really cool so if you don't already know no. Yeah, so cats cats are very smart. They walk between worlds, which is very cool. Oh. Um, they can be symbolic of, you know, like um, deception and things like that, but I don't really see that in them. But they're very mystical, and I think that it makes sense for who you are as a person. You know, mm -hmm. I think it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they sit outside my door. I open them, and I'm like, well, the house has to be tilting because why are they all down here? <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like me with blue jays. They come and sit in my hand outside. How do you feel about squirrels? Just kidding. No. I love squirrels. They sit in my lap all summer. That's all I do in the morning is sit there with squirrels in my lap and blue jays in my hands all yeah. summer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you need to come down here. We'll, we'll do the seagulls. You know. Oh, that would be so fun. There you go. That would come be on, so fun. I'm down for that. <laughs> all right, we'll do it. Okay. <laughs> all right, Matthew, again, really appreciate you joining us on the show. Thank this you evening. for Everybody having me. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody check him out on uh, Facebook and, of course, Psychic Awakenings this weekend. Matthew Stapley, everybody. Thank you very much. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Too. Nice to meet you, too. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. All right. Have a great Definitely. night. You, too.